Can Issa and Molly recover from this? Should Issa and Molly recover from this? And should Issa have cracked Molly and her shit one good time for the culture? Oh, niggas, what the fuck is happening? We're gonna talk about that and much more on this episode of He Got Y'all. Let's fucking get it, man. Episode 5, Season 4 of Insecure. Sorry, I'm I'm all over the place. Let me do my pleasantries. What up, y'all? Welcome back to another another episode of He Got Y'all. I am on oh, cloud, cloud block party. I am just so, I'm so, 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 so overwhelmed. There's so much happening in this episode. All right, let's get right into it. First, um, first things first, hope y'all look good. Um, I actually just went and had some Lifesaver gummies, which I have not had in a long time. Went in the bag, and guess what color I pulled out three of at the, on the first try? Three red lifesavers on the first try. That does not happen, okay? We are anointed, okay? We are receiving the blessings. We are in it today. But yes, let's jump right into it. So this week's episode, The Block Party, has finally gone down. We're going to do things a little differently this episode, but let's get into it from the top, as always. Episode rating, 10 out of 10. That was probably the funniest episode of the season not probably that was the funniest episode of the season what we're going to do is get into some of the flowers first because there is just some great one-liners some great moments that we just need to acknowledge before we get into the mess because you know there is some mess but let me take a breath let me slow down I already feel myself marathoning because I'm so excited to get into this week's episode but yes let's get into some motherfucking flowers right at the top of the show let's not waste any time funny highlights for me personally um Derek telling those group of kids to shut the fuck up when they was at the step and repeat dead koya's nosebleed while meeting vince staples also dead and kelly's british accent i'm telling y'all natasha rothwell needs to book all of the things after insecure is over because kelly is so fucking funny like kelly is the funniest person on tv right now by far like hilarious sidebar this chair that i'm sitting in it squeaks like crazy I'm sorry, y'all. I never realized it until just now, but we're going to get through it for this episode, and then, you know, if you hear some squeaks, you know, we squawking, okay? But listen, as you know, on this podcast, we have been holding down, well, I've been holding down, but I have been letting the name of Thug Yoda live on forever. Thug Yoda will never die as long as I have breath in my body. I've been purposely calling Condola, Bandola, in honor of my nigga Thug Yoda, and he was back last night. Oh, I just, that's all I need. That's like, you know, if... If the show ended tomorrow, I would be okay because I just, I love Thug Yoda so much. Shout out to Tristan J. Winger. So happy to see him back. Well, not really back, but nice to see him make a cameo. Thug Yoda needs to be in every single season. We have to find a way to link him in every single time. So love seeing Thug Yoda. On a very, very relatable note, I want to give some flowers to this line that Tiffany gave to Amal, Issa's brother, when... Amal says, oh, you staying at the party? And she's like, yeah, you know, it's going to be a little whatever. We got to get you some ass or some dicks. What are you into? Which, when I tell you relatable as fuck, like, there have been so many times where I've been out. People have been like, so, you know, what you want? You want some dick? You want some ass? What you into tonight? I'm like, listen, bring the niggas. I will sort through accordingly, okay? Thank you so much for your help. I appreciate it. But let me do this work on my own. <laughs> but... When I tell you, I don't know if there's any gay guy anywhere that has never heard that line from a close female friend or even a close male friend, a close friend, period. But yes, it's, it's just y'all are on it. Insecure Writer's Room is on it. 
And then the last thing, which was just the cherry on top for me, was when Trina showed up to the block party. Shout out to Trina. You know, there's my nigga down. Trina and Thug Yoda needed to be in the scene together. But it's okay. It's okay. I'm, I will take what we have been given and I will be grateful for it. When Trina said Issa was out here tap dancing for the whites and then actually showed the girl on stage tap dancing. Hilarious. And then the fact that Trina followed it up with all of the white people at the block party thought it was a farmer's market because if you live in any predominantly black neighborhood or have been to a predominantly black festival shout out to uh harlem week you know in harlem shout out to uh bam dance africa in brooklyn which i'm actually kind of tight we're not getting bam this year brooklyn people like it's a very regional thing if you don't know it's this really big festival that happens in brooklyn every uh memorial day weekend now i'm not gonna hold you since gentrification has been popping off more and more in brooklyn bam has been less and less of a of a thing but we still go out we pull up we have a good time we buy things from black vendors but there's always like a, an, an astounding amount of, of white people out there that are just like, oh, we're, we're here to buy chicken wings and your delicious sweet potatoes and yams and whatever the fuck. But it hurts. It hurts a lot when you're, when you're at a predominantly Negro space and just the, the whole intention of it is thrown off because some white people think it's a farmer's market. Now, I don't fuck with Umar Johnson, but in the words of Dr. Umar, this is for Africans only. This is for Africans. <laughs> Yeah, so those are my flowers for this week. Um, just some funny ass like one liners and moments that like really don't fit anywhere in the structure of what we're gonna get into today. Because what we're gonna get into today is oh, and one more thing about Koya's nosebleed. I've never been that excited in my life. Like never have I ever like and I've been through some exciting shit. Maybe that's like a nervous condition or like a like a thing. I've never seen that ever in my life, but Shout out to Koya. She don't got no health insurance. We don't know what we're going to do about this nosebleed. She shouldn't even be driving like this. But Koya had on her little headset and her clipboard. And, you know, if you ever had an event with, you know, things happening, whoever the bitch is with the clipboard and the headset handles business. So shout out to Koya because she was getting it done. All right, sis? But, yes. So, oh, one more thing. All right. Is this a safe space? This is a safe space, right? Can we just, can we talk for a minute? So here's the thing. I did not know who Bent Staples was, but I've heard the name before, but let me break y'all all the way down. So for those that really know me, like personally, y'all know about Gwendolyn. For those that don't, this is another point of us getting to know each other a little bit better. So Gwendolyn is my alter ego that lives within. She is 67 years old and she's a good time girl. If you had to compare her with anybody on TV, she would be really good friends with Lisa Landry from Sister Sister. You know, like she she's a good time. Like she, her, Lisa Landry and Blanche Devereaux from the Golden Girls would all be in a little crew together. Like they all encourage each other. It's just a good time when the girls link up. In any event, I'm Gwendolyn. And Gwendolyn, like I said, is a 67-year-old woman. And sometimes she doesn't always know what the kids are into. Like, you know, the babies keep me informed. But sometimes she's a little lost on things. Now... Clearly, it was a very big deal that Vince Staples was at this at this block party. Um, as we saw from the audience, the entire time that Issa was talking on stage, <laughs> about to give, like, some probably super nice remarks about how, you know, this block party really came from the bottom of her spirit. And they were like, fuck all that shit, girl. Bring out my nigga Vince Staples. Now, when the episode first started, when they said Vince Staples, because I'm so old, I was thinking Vince Carter, the basketball player. And I was like, wow, Vince Carter. That's interesting. Would not expect Vince Carter to be at this block party. And he was not. So I would just like to thank Issa for informing the old hoes in the room like me about who the new young poppin' whippersnappers are, because now I know Vince Staples, thanks to Issa and the team. 
Love you guys. But yeah, so that's it for the flowers. Like I said, this episode gets a 10 out of 10. Shout out to the writer, Sarita Singleton. Such a good episode, sis. You wrote the fuck out of this episode. It was so, so good. And it was just a good TV night last night. Like, sidebar random, nothing to do with Insecure. But last night was also part one of the Atlanta reunion, Housewives. It was just a good TV night. Like, I was elated the whole night. It was great TV. So thank you, TV gods, for that. And it was Mother's Day. And like, you know... If your mama like Real Housewives, like my mama like Real Housewives, it was just a perfect Mother's Day. Like, it was just a perfect night. But in any event, let's get into the thing. So, before we get into all of the mess that was the mess, I know you know, let's talk about Issa and Nathan back at it. So, can these two really work things out? Will these two work things out? So, we see it's about 3 o'clock in the morning. Issa is sitting up on the side of the bed, probably dealing with some anxiety about the block party because it is well underway or about to be well underway. It's, um, like I said, 3.32 in the morning and she is up on Instagram. Now, so I need help with this. Maybe if y'all caught it, please explain to me. Hit me up at he got y'all on Twitter because I'm a little confused or drop a comment on SoundCloud, whatever. But um, I saw that Issa was on her actual page, like on, on her profile. She clicked on a picture of... I believe Vince Staples. And then underneath that was a comment from Nathan. Then she goes to her DMs, hits Nathan and says, like, what are you doing up? But how did she know he was up? Like, I didn't I didn't think that that was it didn't seem like that comment was just made. Like there was no notification for it. No little like text bubble popped up or chat bubble. I'm confused about how that went down. But I don't know. Maybe I missed something. But if y'all caught that, please explain. Because I was like, how does she know that he's up right now? Like, I don't I didn't get that. In any event, she hit him up because she was up, he was up, he hit her back. They about to be hitting each other in the bedroom, fucking. Because it's about to go down. I already know it. It's about to go down. Maybe, ooh, 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 All right, I have a hot take. I have a feeling next week's episode, maybe not open up with, but somewhere in next week's episode, there's going to be a call from Nathan about, I'm so sorry the block party was ruined. Let me make it up to you. Let me take you out for a drink or some lunch. And they're going to be fucking by the end of next week's episode. Point blank, period. I said what I said. Don't at me. JK, you can at me. But uh, let's get back to the top of that scene, though. So like we say all the time, it goes down in the DMs. And it seems like these two are not at the point of getting back together romantically. But there is definitely still a spark there. You can see it all in Issa's face. You can feel it all in uh, Nathan's vibe. And I have a big theory about phone conversations. But again, I'm Gwendolyn. I'm an old hoe. Y'all new hoes have to school me. In my mind, if we're talking on the phone at 3.32 in the morning, we're talking about one of two things, feelings or fucking. And most of the time, talking about feelings lead to fucking. So either way, these two are fucking. That's it. Point blank, period. But I definitely think they're going to get back together. Even when Nathan was like, want to talk. Like, you could see it written all over Issa's face. It wasn't real giddy. Like, it wasn't like, you know, she won, like, a like Powerball or some shit. But you could see there was, like, a uh, a registration of, like, okay, all right, maybe, maybe we're going to do this. Like, maybe I'm excited to talk with him. Maybe I want to do this. So that's where we're at with that. I definitely forgot Andrew and Nathan were roommates. Like, that completely slipped out of my mind. I, I knew that they were friends, but I totally forgot that they actually lived together. So totally, totally, totally forgot about that. So shout out to the writers for like injecting that little bit of uh, information. And then before we cut out of that scene, we see Issa eating the taco that she was heating up while she was, you know, DMing Nathan back and forth. 
and we saw Issa take a bite out of that taco after it had been in the microwave for a minute and 45 seconds. And Issa spit out that hot ass taco and I said, my life, my life, my life, my life. You know, fat bitch is gonna fat bitch. We're gonna put it in our mouths and <laughs> until we can chew it and swallow it. That's what we do. But just the relatability, the uh, this show just, it just checks every box. They just do such a good job on this show. All right, let's get into it. Here we go. So, can Molly and Issa recover from this shit? So I will just loosely or lightly break it down just in case you're listening to this four months from now and you forgot what happened in this episode. If you watched it last night, you already know what energy we on, but I got to do what I got to do, so let me just do it really quickly. So, the first scene we see of Molly... She is at home getting ready for the block party. Her and Andrew are about to be at the functions and the things. And Molly is hating from the minute she steps on camera. So it's her and Andrew sitting in her house. And she's trying to find something to wear. And she's on some, what do you wear to a block party in January? It's like a 10% chance of rain. I don't want to get sick. Girl, you're not going to get sick, okay? Put on put on a jacket. Put, you live in LA. It's always it's always nice outside. Like, don't stop dragging it. You don't live in in Alaska. Okay, stop doing the most. But from the beginning, she's on some shit. She's not really with it. And what I like about this scene is that Andrew is not with Molly's petty shit. As well, no, I'll take that back. But he's not where he's not with Molly's petty shit because he's not feeding into it, which I appreciate. Like. I think he knows how stupid this fight is between them. But of course, as the boyfriend, you can't say that because, you know, you don't get in the middle of the friendship. You're just like, I, that ain't got nothing to do with me. If y'all fighting about this, y'all fighting about this. I'm not getting in the middle. I respect Andrew for not feeding into Molly's shit, but feeding in just enough to make her feel stupid because he hits her with the, so do you just want to stay home? And she's like, of course we can't stay home. I'm just like, this is how you sound, okay? Of course you can't stay home, so just stop bitching about the block party and go support your friend. Like, what's the problem? But fast forward, Molly shows up to the block party, and in this line right here, maybe I'm reading too deep, but something about it felt very off to me. When Molly says to Issa, of course I came, I'm your best friend. Now, for most, that's probably a very normal line. Myself, it feels like a naturally normal line. But there was something about the way it was delivered that had me kind of like, oop, oop, I don't, mm -mm, mm -mm, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Because I feel like she says, of course I came, I'm your best friend. Instead of, of course I came, you're my best friend. Something about the possession over, I'm your best friend as opposed to you're my best friend. I don't know, maybe I'm reading too deep, but something about that just felt very much like, almost to the point of like, I'm your main bitch, so don't get it twisted. Like, if I don't show up for you, then ideally no one has shown up for you. It's, it's, it's all about the possession for me, and again, I'm your best friend as opposed to you're my best friend. Like, you're my best friend is much more inviting, is welcoming, it's a much more loving thing. It's just like, boom, perfect, let's flip it like this. Let's say if you're in a relationship with somebody, right? If you're dating a guy or a girl or somebody that's gender non-conforming, we welcome all here. But if you're dating someone and they say, I'm the love of your life, that don't sound cute. That ain't it. But if somebody says, you're the love of my life, oh, it's a different, it's a different, like, it re you receive it differently. So that I'm your best friend shit, it felt very calculated. 
and Molly's calculated. You got to watch her. You got to watch these these lawyer girls. You got to watch them. But that was just some weird, weird energy to me. But fast forward, you know, we're still going through the block party. Things are good. Issa's doing press with fake press because this press is not on any news outlet. They are on a YouTube channel. Shout out to all of my YouTube niggas out there. Still diverted forever. You know, YouTube friends down forever. <laughs> Shout out to all of the YouTubers everywhere. It's, it's uh, the YouTube land, the podcast land. It's, it's, a, it's a dirty game. It's a low-down, dirty game. But Issa's doing press. You know, she's talking to the people. Block party seems like it's really popping off well. It might be too many white people there. But, you know, on the greater scale, it's a great block party. And in between all of that, we get to see Condola. Yes. Oh, Condola girl, you think she's going to slip out of here and not be clocked, but we clocked you, girl. We see Condola has pulled up to the block party. And in this moment... We realize that Condola is just like them bougie-ass hoes she had at her house on Thanksgiving. Because here's the thing, right? Issa and Condola knew each other way before Lawrence was even in the picture. Not really. But they they're, they knew each other for a while before they both knew that they knew Lawrence ideally. So there was a good amount of friendship, partnership, connection, acquaintanceness, whatever you want to call it, before... Lawrence became an issue in their friendship. Now, here's the thing, right? Condola was like, oh, I didn't hit you back because Lawrence and I broke up and blah, 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 blah. And Issa kind of handled it like, I don't want to say cooler than I expected, but, you know, she was very nice about it because my whole thing is, I don't give a fuck if Lawrence shot you in your left booty cheek. I didn't do anything to you, so don't dub my calls. Like, I didn't, Lawrence and I are not friends. Like, you know, Lawrence and I are not kicking it like, well, well, well. Well, that we will soon see. But at this point, to condole, Lawrence and Issa are not friends. So, like, I don't give a damn what happened between y'all because we had this whole thing established before y'all even became a thing or before I knew y'all were a thing. So don't hit me with that, oh, we broke up and blah, 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 blah. You fake, you phony, just like them trifling hoes you had at your house on Thanksgiving. I don't like them. Don't bring them around. They can't be here anymore. Yes, I just thought Condola was whack for that because, again, like, you, even if you're not going to want to continue this relationship partnership like we're in business together like we're making money together like this is this is bigger than some little you know oh you were dating my ex and now y'all broke up and now we can't be friends i don't want to well sorry i'm projecting too much i'm talking like Issa, but i'm talking like malcolm now i don't want to be your fucking friend i want to make money together so like don't 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 do that but in any event, Condola's out of here. Nice knowing you. Good riddance, sis. You know, I was rooting for you, but you you played yourself. So don't don't mess with my man and don't mess with my money. Those are the two rules of life, okay? Let's get back to uh, the things at the block party or the things between Molly and Issa. So fast forward a little bit later in the episode, we see that Molly is trying to extend an olive branch. She's just had a conversation with Andrew. And, you know, Andrew's like, yo, it takes a really big... It takes a lot out of you to put on an event of this, you know, magnitude. And Molly's like, yeah, you kind of right. And Andrew's like, well, maybe that's why you two have not been clicking like y'all been clicking. Because they've been clicking, but they've been clicking down. You're clicking down. You're clicking down. But Andrew makes this point to her. And I think Molly then has a moment of like, okay, you know what? Maybe you're right. Like, maybe we've just not been communicating because there's just been a lot going on. And I'm extend the olive branch, bring some chicken wings, which, you know... If we are cut from the same cloth, that is really how you make your way back in my life. Don't bring me flowers. Don't bring me diamonds and pearls. Bring me a nine-piece lemon pepper fried hard. I'd appreciate it. Like, that is how you show you're sorry, okay? That is how you make up with me. But she brings us some wings, and it was very nice. And you could see that they were maybe about to begin to have some type of real organic, natural moment. 
And then here comes Koya letting Issa know that Vince Staples, not Carter, has stepped in the building and she got to go introduce herself to him. So she gets whisked away and in that moment is snatched from them completely. After Issa goes in the VIP section to meet Vince Staples and the guy that was in, um, oh, what is his name? He was in Fat Albert. He was in Fat Albert. I think I think he played Mushmouth. Yes. I quote this all the time from Fat Albert, but there's a part in the movie where he picks up a DVD and he's like, Divida? What's a Divida? Anyway, I forget the actor's name, but shout out to him. I was like, look at you. I have not seen you since 2004 with Kyla Pratt. Amen. Yes, we better keep working out here. Recession for who? We're getting jobs. Amen. But yeah, so anyway, after they leave the VIP section with Thug Yoda and Vince Staples and, you know, all the brothers, Brian, Barry, whoever was involved, um, we're back out at the block party and... The wobble is happening. Now, line dances are essential in the black community. Um, I'm not going to do a whole dissertation on this, but if you know, you know, line dances have been bringing niggas together since the Great Migration, okay? Like, let let a group of niggas be in disarray with each other and somebody drop Marcia Griffith electric slide. The Bloods and the Crips will unite. Nene and Kenya will put their differences to the side and Molly and Issa will wobble together. <laughs> like, line dances have been saving the black community since the beginning of times. Aunties and ex-husbands who have not spoken in 20 years to each other will stand next to each other and hit a cupid shuffle okay like line dancers truly are the glue of the black community like i said we see Issa and molly dance together and they're having a really good time and it's just a little glimmer of hope just just a little glimmer just a little bit and you're like you know what maybe these two can work it out maybe they can make it happen. And I called it, I said, this block party is a little too lit. Like, it's just too perfect. Like, everything was just aligning so, so perfectly. And we almost got out of there unscathed until block party's ending. Vince Staple has hit the stage. Molly and Andrew are pretty much, I guess, on their way home at this point. It seems like they're heading out. And Mushmouth from Fat Albert comes up talking about you know, thank you so much, bro. We appreciate it. You know, uh, you know, if you want to, Vince want to say what's up to you. So come by, pull up and thanks so much for all of your help. And Molly's like, hater alert. She's like, help, help with what? What did you help with? Like, I'm confused. And Andrew lets Molly know that, you know, he helped Issa connecting her with Vince Staples. And so Molly takes it upon herself to storm right on over to Miss Issa and confront her about how she feels about her feelings. Now, I'm not going to recap this whole fight with, you know, lines and quotes because I just can't do it. Well, I have like one or two, but, you know. So then we get to the blow-up. Uh, the blow-up happens, you know, words are exchanged. Molly's hitting Issa with the, I was over there wobbling with your shady ass, and you were stabbing me in the back, which, <laughs> okay, all right, Miss Carter, let's bring it on back. Let's, uh, let's bring that down a couple of notches because she didn't fuck Andrew. Like, that's not a stab in the back. It seemed like a very nice gesture. Like, if my man saved my best friend's event, even if we weren't cool at the moment, me and my best friend, my man would still get mad points because I would be like, oh, you're a loyal one. Like, you're, you're just a good person. Like, it doesn't matter how I feel about my friend at the moment. You're not going to be, like, flip-floppy because I'm being flip-floppy right now. And that's that's respectable because, like I, again, like I said, when people are fighting or people are in disagreements, friends, siblings, cousins, you know, spouses, like, you don't get in the middle of it. You're like, I will take this. I will hear this. 
but I'm not going to change the way I feel about either person, especially because in the words, I can't believe I'm about to quote Tyler Perry, but in the words of Medea, you never tell your friends when you're fighting with your man because once you stop fighting with them, your friends still will be. Like, your friends are still going to be mad about what your nigga did. So, like, if you don't want them to be mad throughout the rest of the rest, maybe either hold it down from them or figure out which friends to tell because there are some people in my life and there were some friends of mine that were dating some niggas that I was, you know what? We're going too far with this. We're going to bring it all the way back real quick. Nevertheless, I like that Andrew is not being flip-floppy because Molly's being so flip-floppy. We see Molly step to Issa and put her finger on her face. And if anybody about anybody for anybody, if anybody, and if you know, you fucking know. Ain't no more words. Once your little, your little crusty index finger comes uh, circling around my third eye, you know, that little, the, the top of your nose right there, that little, uh, that little hard part, point right there in between both eyebrows, right there, that little hard part. Once your fingers start coming in that area, I'm going to bite that shit off. I'm going to bite that shit the fuck off and feed it to you, okay? Do not, do not, do not, do not be all up in my space. In the words of Candy Burris, don't be up in my space doing all of this. You're doing all of this. I need you to bring it on down. Bring it on down. Because I'm going to stop talking to you before I get blown up on your ass, okay? <laughs> but yeah, so we see um, Issa tell Molly, listen, back that shit up. Back it up right now. And then in true nigga block party fashion, somebody yells gun. Somebody thinks somebody else got a knife. Somebody yells talking about this is my wallet. Everybody starts running. Everybody starts scattering because now it's life or death. It is the Parkway in Brooklyn on Labor Day. If you know, you know. And it's just a mess. It's just a mess. And you can't recover from that. Like once pandemonium breaks out like that and niggas are literally running for their lives, even if they're not running for their lives, it's still mess. So that is where the block party ends. And... More or less, that's where the episode ends. There's a couple of other things that happen after that, but that was obviously the main, main situation that went down. So let's finish unpacking this. Now, to answer my earlier questions, can Molly and Issa recover from this? I'm going to say no, and I'll circle back to that. Should Issa have cracked Molly's shit one good time for the culture? I'm also going to say no, because I don't want to see black women on TV fighting. Like, I don't want to see that. Even if we do fight, I don't know. I just feel like, mm, come on, guys. We, come on. We can do better than that. So I, I'm happy that they did not actually get physical with each other because I just feel like it would have just made it more of a moment than it needed to be. But Molly needs her ass beat. Now, maybe not in public. Maybe they need five minutes, you know, in the garage at, you know, Tiffany's house or something. But Molly needs some hands. And I'm just going to leave that right there. But let's get into the breakdown. So can Issa and Molly recover from this? I understood a little bit why Molly was mad that Issa went behind her back and, you know, well, she didn't really talk to Andrew about it. She talked to Nathan who talked to Andrew. So actually, no, I take that back. I don't, I don't see why Molly is mad, why Molly is mad at that. But the real gag is if it was not for Issa, Molly and Andrew would not know each other because Molly and Andrew met at uh, Coachella in season three. So, Molly, without Issa, there would be no y'all. So, like, don't be coming in here with that whole, like, you know, my man, my man, my man. Mm-mm-mm. That's my man. All right, not really. <laughs> but, like, it's, 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 it's not giving all of that. Like, I knew him before you knew him, especially because Issa was the one. Because if you remember, Molly was not going to go to Coachella. She had some work stuff to do, and she was going to stay down in Inglewood or wherever they live at. And 
Issa pretty much had to drag or beg Molly to come to Coachella to have a good time. So, like, she double, she worked overtime, ideally, for you to meet him because you weren't even going to come to this trip in the first place. So, like, don't get me started on that, like, you know, it's my man and boundaries. Yeah, boundaries, whatever. But, like, if it wasn't for me, you wouldn't even know him. So, like, let's not even drag it all the way down like that, okay? The second thing is, Molly does not know time and place. And we have seen this time and time again. We saw this with Molly and her brothers at Thanksgiving. We've seen this countless times. And this is not the first time that Molly has sabotaged some of Issa's work shit because Molly does not know time and place. Let's go all the way back. I need you to dig real deep, y'all. Dig back to season one. Maybe episode six, I believe. But in any event, it's the episode with the fundraiser for the kids that we got y'all when they're at that house in Baldwin Hills. Daniel shows up. Lawrence is there. Mess is happening. Molly, at the time, is a good friend. She's trying to hold it down, tell tell, uh, Daniel, you need to skedaddle right on out of here, which kudos for being a good friend. But then at the end of the episode, took all of that and blew it up in Issa's face. Like... Again, if you want to have this conversation about how I'm on some messy shit and I'm bringing old niggas around, new niggas and current niggas and all the niggas, that's great. Like, we can go to brunch. We can go get some mimosas. Okay, well, maybe not mimosas because once you start drinking and having conversations like that, mess always goes down. But we can sit and have a nice, civilized, self-care Sunday, smoke a blunt, and be like, dog, so, like, what are we doing about this? Because this ain't hot. Like, this ain't it. But no, Molly decided to bring it up. At Issa's event, sure, the work event was pretty much over, but she's still at work. Like, until you have left the premises, you're still at work. I don't care what anybody says. So, you're still at work. And Molly, again, does not know time and place. Like, at Issa's fundraiser event for the kids, that was not the time to bring up how she's on some messy shit. At her block party was damn sure not the time to bring up how whatever the fuck she was mad about. I don't remember what she was mad about, because it was about nothing. It was about nothing. It was a petty-ass fight. So... Molly does not have a dog in this fight. And the other problem is, is that there are a couple of things that really change the dynamics of the fight. Because you can fight with someone and be like, damn, that hurt, but we can move past this. But I think there's a couple things that really escalate this to a certain level. A, the stakes are high. It's Issa's event. She's at work. Issa, you know, I love my girl down. But Issa is notorious for having shit flop. It's just what it is. <laughs> like, that's part of the Issa character that we enjoy. Issa D just has a bad habit of bad habits. Like, s- stuff has always gone wrong in, her, wrong in her life. So the fact that she finally has this moment of, okay, we, we have checked all of the boxes. Sure, it was a little difficult, but we got to the finish line. And we got to the finish line with the baton in the hand. Like, we won this race. Like, we did it. We won the race. So the fact that, Molly would bring this up at an event that is such a big deal for Issa is already no bueno because like I said stakes super high it's a super important event for Issa she's whack for that and then also in public like it's one thing like I said if we fighting in the house if we want five minutes in the garage it is what it is if we're fighting in front of Target nah that's just not like it's, it's a different level of humiliation of embarrassment like there's just certain levels to to fighting like i i just i'm not one of those people that think like you know because some people really run on the energy of if you piss me off in target i'm gonna fuck you up in target i'm not fighting in target that's not happening like target is my safe space the people at target know my name i love being i love target okay 
They really don't. But I just feel like, you know, you know your people. Like, if, you, if you've if you ever worked in retail or, you know, the same store for a long time, you know your regulars. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the boy with the boy with the bald head. Mm-hmm. No, we're not doing that in here. So, like, public shit, out of order. And then just fighting with friends. Like, fighting with friends is so difficult. And I know this is probably going to be a wild hot take. But hear me out. I would rather fight with my man than fight with my friends. And here's why. Relationships are work. Friendships are not. Friendships should be as easy as breathing. And you should never be fighting for air. Like, you should never be at that point with a friendship. Because if it's at that point, not to say you need to let it go, but, like, friendships should never reach that point of tenseness because y'all are friends friendship should be as simple as breathing like it should not be any work we're not here to cause havoc in each other's lives like we're not here to be toxic now am i saying i've never had a a disagreement with a friend of course not of course i've had disagreements with people in my life but i think there's just levels to it like if, if there's a disagreement i'm just gonna pull back a little bit you know i'm just gonna you know we don't need to talk every day maybe we talk once a month you know we just we figure it out until we figure it out for the most part i feel like you know relationships are work you fighting with your man your girl whoever that makes sense but something about friendships i'm not fighting in a friendship if i have to fight in my friendship it might be time to let the friendship go and that's just where i'm at with that but so can they recover from this the ultimate question i'm gonna go with no Well, okay, for the sake of TV, I'm going to go with yes, because TV just finds a way to always bring it back home. But I want to say in a real life situation, I don't see them recovering from this because you, I think Molly has crossed the line that Issa is not willing to forgive. Like, I think there's some other little petty shit that you can like, you can work your way around. But like, ideally, the reason the block party ended in, you know, disarray is because of molly molly literally ruined the block party period point blank like none of that other stuff would have happened if it was not for molly people running people trampling each other people doing all those crazy things none of that would have happened if it was not for molly and her bullshit so sidebar this is a very random sidebar for the people that live in the new york city area or if you keep up with chris brown you know standum do you remember when Chris Brown had that concert here in New York at the Seaport? I think it was in like 2011, maybe like 2010. And Chris Brown, this was like, you know, very new Twitter. Chris Brown got on Twitter and was like, hey, y'all, meet me at the uh, at this, at the Seaport. We're going to have a concert tonight. Either Chris Brown or Trey Songs. But I want to I think it was Chris. But in any event, that shit was a fucking mess. I was not down there. But if you want a visual of how it went down, it was just like Issa's block party. Just a mess. But anyway, random pop culture uh, history. But yes, so I don't think they can recover from this. I think the severity of it is just too much. And I don't blame Issa if she doesn't want to be friends with Molly ever again because you've you've pushed it too far. You've pushed it way too far. I'm also looking at Kelly and Tiffany now because here's the thing, right? Like I've been saying all episode, blah, blah, blah. I don't fight other people's battles. If y'all got beef, y'all got beef. But there's something when, you know, somebody outside the circle has beef with somebody else. It's, it's, some, it's something different when somebody inside the circle has beef with somebody that's outside the circle because, you know, those dynamics are a little bit more different. But we're all in this together, okay? This is not High School Musical, but we are in this together. If I was Tiffany and Kelly, I'd be looking at Molly sideways. I would. I would be looking at Molly very sideways. Like, I know that we're all friends. I know that, you know, we blah, 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 blah. But... I don't know if I could sit and be Molly's friend as Tiffany and Kelly, knowing what she has done to Issa. 
like, and I don't even want to, you know, harp on that too much. I don't want to make Issa seem like a victim, but I don't know if I could be friends with someone that would be so willingly, that would be so comfortable sabotaging their best friend's event because I'm your best friend, right? I'm your best friend. A best friend would not do that to a best friend. So, but the episode ends with Issa standing at a sign that says good vibes only, which in my mind hopefully means that we are moving on. The block party was January 25th. That means we have gotten through all of the Christmas, all the friends miss, all the, the, the New Year's Eve functions. These two don't really have to see each other until ever. Maybe Juneteenth, maybe Memorial Day. Like there are no big other like you know holidays where you would be like forced to be with people so we see the sign that says good vibes only which in my mind is definitely a foreshadow for what's coming up i'm gonna get a little symbolic here i'm gonna get a little uh erica Baidu, jill scott ish as everybody that was in the verses which oh, that was such a good it wasn't even a battle but that was just a good it was good it was so good i oh, high vibrations that was amazing but I'm gonna get a little, uh, a little uh, spiritual, maybe some some symbolism here. But I feel like Issa looked at that good vibes only sign. She takes a moment, she breathes in. She you know like it registers for her. We hear the thunder crack. We hear the clouds open, and it is pouring down rain. Now, for me, this feels like the wash away before a new beginning. We are washing the pain away of Molly's mess. And Issa's starting fresh. I think Issa's coming out next episode swinging. I don't think she's going to be sad about this. I don't think she's going to be... I mean, she's hurt, but we're not going to see her moping around about this shit. She's about to be out here doing what she needs to do. And that's about to be it. I feel like it's a new day for Issa D. And we're not going to see Molly for a few weeks. I think it's going to be at least two or three episodes before we see Molly. Definitely Molly and Issa in the scene together. But, you know, who knows? Because this whole season we've been jumping one month from one month to one month. But... Hopefully at this point, we're now in just regular time because I can't do any more time jumping because now I need to see exactly how they repaired this. There's no time to be skipping ahead three months to, you know, Easter. We ain't doing all that, okay? We need to see this go down. So that is it. That is it for episode five, season four of Insecure. When I tell you this feels like I just recapped the season finale and we did not. We are only halfway through the season. I cannot... I can only imagine where we're going to go next because that felt like the end. That felt like a nice bow at the end of a season. So I love that we have so much more to go. Five more episodes left in the season. And that's it. So the ultimate question this week is, can Molly and Issa recover from this shit? Can they make up? Are they going to be able to move past this? Should Tiffany and Kelly also be looking at Molly sideways? How does this divide the friend group? So many questions. As always, you know what we do here. Let me know what's on your mind. Hit me up on Twitter at he got y'all. Also drop a comment on SoundCloud. Um, sometimes the SoundCloud comments work a little bit better because people will tweet me about like a very specific thing that I said. And I'll be like, okay, I don't remember this. Like, was this episode one, episode four? Like, what are we talking about? So sometimes a comment in the actual, you know, SoundCloud situation works. But if Twitter's your thing, Twitter's fine because I get it. I listen to podcasts all the time and I never leave comments on SoundCloud. So I get it. I get it 1000%. But yes, let me know what's on your mind. Tweet me at he got y'all. Thank you so much for listening. That wraps up this week's episode. Um, next week, we are... Oh, hold on to your wigs. Hold on to your wigs, honey. But that's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. 
Please, if you've enjoyed this episode, tell a friend to tell a friend. Pass it along. We're going to play the game of the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, but instead of the Traveling Pants, it will be the Traveling Podcast. Just every week you listen, just send this podcast to somebody new that listens to Insecure, and then we can all be one big, happy, black-ass community together. Okay. Okay. One more thing. This is now me fusing my two babies together. So I also want to tell you about something very quickly before I skate out of here. Now, this is me now fusing my two worlds together, which should be a little interesting. But last Tuesday was my birthday and I did this like random game night on Instagram and it worked pretty well. It seemed like people really, really enjoyed it. So I'm going to start doing that Every week on my Instagram, you can follow me at underscore Hey Malcolm. It's very black. It's very fun. It's very engaging. It's a come to play. If you're going to come, come to play. It's a really good time. Bring a drink. You can clap that ass, but it's a lot of black trivia, black TV shows, black movies. We get into some 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 naughty questions, and we have a good time. So if that is something that is of interest to you, um, follow me on Instagram at underscore Hey Malcolm, and it'll be going down Tuesday night, 10 p.m., maybe 9 p.m. Check my Instagram. I haven't decided yet, but it'll be going down Tuesday night on Instagram. All right, and that wraps up this week's episode of He Got Y'all. Thank y'all so much for listening. Please, if you enjoyed this, tell a friend, leave a comment, leave a rating, five stars only. I am the five-star chick, but I'm not Nicki Minaj. Um, And yes, all right, it's time for me to go. We'll do this again next week, same tent. Same time. Come on, y'all. Same time. We'll do this next week. <laughs> same time, same place, right here on He Got Y'all. Bye, y'all. This podcast is in no way affiliated with HBO or Insecure.